Welcome to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And I'm Steve. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a third wheel today. (laughs) He's so excited, Lacey. He came... He came and sat at the island like before I did, and he was like had a book and had a drink, and I was like, "Damn!" Always written so, out questions through the answer. Yes, and he so we're sharing a microphone and headphones, and he's like, "We're gonna have to find a more permanent solution." I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be three bookworms, one podcast now." I don't know that I'd call myself a bookworm per se, but <laughs> I, I'm enjoying the feeling of immense power of being. <laughs> He was like, I'm so excited. I read the book. And he's like, Cameron, I actually finished a book. (laughs) Yes. Goals. I haven't been a big reader since I was a kid. So apparently he read this book when he was like 12. And I was like, why was your mama letting you read this when you were 12? This is incredibly intense for a 12-year-old. Right. I definitely remember starting it. But after I read it this time, I was like, maybe I didn't finish it. (laughs) I don't remember this. <laughs> right. Um, okay, well, we'll do our suck and sweet first. So, Lacey, what is your suck for the week? It's just two sweet, small little things. So, I made, like, a bomb homemade buffalo chicken sandwich with homemade ranch for dinner. That's one of them. And then I finished Emily in Paris, like you told me to. Wait, those are your sweets. What's your suck? Yeah, sorry. Backwards. <laughs> I'm backwards. <laughs> No, it's okay. We'll do our sweets first. We'll do our sweets first. Okay, so you finished Emily and Paris for the second yeah. season? Both, both seasons. Did you like it? What the fuck is up with the hat? <laughs> you know, it, she's got, so it's the same costumer that did Sex in the City. And you know Carrie wears some weird shit, so she's gonna like throw in some just out there. Like she's in the, fa- like one of the fashion capitals of the world, right? But, um, so, but did you like the story besides the hat? Yeah, yeah. It's cute, right? Yeah, it's cute. So who do you uh want her to be with? I mean, there's really only one choice. Fair, so fair. I just don't know how long they're going to keep us going on this. Ugh, I know. On this back and forth with them. Well, Steve, we'll let you go since you're our guest. And we're doing it backwards, so what's your sweet yeah, for the week? So my sweet for the week, in addition to... Starting and finishing a book for the first time in uh, probably a decade <laughs> is I got some new disc golf discs in the mail, which oh I was God. very excited about. And they were uh, took a while to get here because of the storm that we had like a week and a half this ago. This is not so a disc golf test. I, I've been complaining podcast. quite a bit to Cameron about where my discs are. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. So Sorry. we uh, know our mailman by name. He's cool as shit. He's so funny. And we were like. All the like all week, Steve's like, "Where the fuck is James?" <laughs> I haven't seen that's James today. Yeah, that's our mailman. <laughs> or we'll be like out walking, and we'll see him delivering to somewhere else in our neighborhood, and we're like, "James, when you come into our place?" It's like hilarious. He's it's so funny. So, well, my suite for the week is, um. You know that we're all just here, and we're healthy, and we're breathing, and gas has gone down. I mean, it's just like a little, a little, 
<laughs> it's just easy to like get wrapped up in our lives and stuff. But like with everything going on in Ukraine and it's just, you know, mm-hmm. our problems are so like tiny compared to what they're going through. So it's, you know, we just got to be like grateful for little things. Yeah. The little things. Exactly. Well, Lacey, what is your suck for the week? Okay. Wait, hold on. Before you get to your suck, so when I thought you were telling me your suck, you said, I made this bomb. And I was like, oh, my God, where is it? And I was like, okay, so what kind of chicken was it? It was a buffalo chicken sandwich with a homemade ranch, a little drizzle. That, that sounds, sounds really good. good. They came out really recipe. good. All right. Well, all right. Well, so what's the actual suck? Okay. So people are assholes. Like we know this, <laughs> but last week, like I took my dad to the doctor, right? And we're trying to leave. So I'm pulling around to exit out of the parking lot and there's this car backing up and a woman sitting in a wheelchair. So obviously, you know, they're trying to load her in. So uh-huh. I stop and wait because they're going to have to take up both aisles to get her in. Uh-huh. And this car, like off to my left, like tries to back up into me. Oh, my God. So, like, I have to floor it a little bit forward so he doesn't hit me. And then he tries to go around me, so I cut him off because there's nowhere to go. Right. And, like, he whips out his phone and, like, starts recording or taking pictures of my license plate. I don't know if he thought, like, I was going to get out and do something (laughs) or what. Like, no, bro, sorry, I'm not, but I'm not going to let you, like, hit this little old lady trying to get in her car. What a jackass. It just goes, like, people are so self-absorbed like they don't care about anyone no they don't because then like there was a truck parked like right in front of where the car was and he tried to pull out on him and i'm like you can't go anywhere there's a car blocking you in because she's trying to get in oh my gosh i hate people i hate people so much like they can't give like five minutes right five minutes of your freaking day to do something for someone else Steve, what's your suck for the week? Uh, my suck for the week is that we have to start school again this week <laughs> in work. It was a nice uh, spring break was amazing. Yeah, like, it was a oh, much needed spring God. break last week for us. So we didn't do shit. Well, no, I take that back. We made far too many plans, but we thought we yeah so we did some social things and then we didn't do shit. Uh, I read this book the entire time. (laughs) Okay, so I was reading this other book, and I was like, I was like, oh, so I read like three books last week because I was like, it's spring break, I have plenty of time. And Steve was like, when are you gonna start Vampire? No, gonna start Vampire. When are you gonna start this? Damn, I think you need to start this. I even told you I was like, look, I'm glad I started early. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Steve was right. Um, well, my suck for the week is, I teased this on Instagram, but this is the reason why our, why our episode is coming out tonight instead of this morning, is because I had to have two biopsies yesterday at the dermatologist, one of which is on the top of my head, and the other one is on my eyelid. Are they feeling better? Um, yeah, so... When she did the head... So, I've, I've been, like, dreading this, because... At my last appointment six months ago, she wanted to do it then. I didn't have the spot on my head six months ago. That's the scary thing. Second thing, she wanted to take the spot on my eyelid, and I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that's just like a freckle I've had like my whole life. And so I tried to find like pictures of when I was a kid, 
I didn't see it in those pictures. I found pictures where I had it in like 2009. So from six months to now, it like hasn't gotten any larger, but the margin, like it's, um, it's asymmetrical, mm. which is like not a good sign. So she's like, well, we can watch it again for six months. But she's like, that spot on your head was not there six months ago. And that is like alarming. She's like, so I definitely want to take that one. So I'm like, great. Like, what's going to hurt the most on top of your freaking head where there's no like meat? It's just bone. Mm. And so she's like, we can watch the eye for six more months, but I would rather do it right now. And I was like, you know what, let's just do it right now or I'm not going to. I was like, I've already been having like anxiety attacks over this and I don't want to go through this for six more months. And she was like, okay. So. The top of the head actually, like, didn't really hurt. The first prick where they numb it hurt, and then after that, it's numb, and then they're, like, numbing it up some more, and then they cut it, and it was fine. And today, it's just been, like, I have my hair pulled back, and, like, if I, like, move my hair, it will kind of bother me, but it's not, like, aching or anything. But my eye, so I was like, here's my fear that you're going to know, and it's on my lower lid, so it's, like, right beneath like my lower eyelashes so I'm like am I gonna lose my eyelashes and she's like no your eyelashes will be fine I was like okay is the needle gonna go through my lid into my eyeball because I would like to not lose my eyeball she was like no I am a very competent doctor and you will not lose your eye and I was like okay okay so she said that she was gonna make it numb it up in like a way to make it puffy so that she would have like more puff to get the to get like the the spot the out. Yeah. Exactly. So she puffed it up and then she like grabbed it with these tweezers and then cut it. So I'm like I am so deathly still, but it's like you you know when you like tell your body you can't do something, so your body like automatically mm-hmm. wants to do it. So I'm like mm-hmm. trying to like hold my body tight. Oh my god, it was so horrible. So then like as soon as I walk out of there, it just starts like stinging and every time I like blink it hurts and I get home and I think I tried to go outside and walk with Steve and the dogs before because we had freaking tornadoes last night so I tried to walk with them before that but the wind was like blowing really bad it was bothering me so I was like I have to go back inside so the adrenaline of the tornadoes I think kind of kept everything at bay and I slept I slept fine but today it's not bad it's just kind of like if I twitch my eye a certain way Mm. Um, I finally cleaned off the marker because the marker made me look like I had a black eye. <laughs> my stepdad came and dropped some stuff off today and looked at me. I was like, Steve didn't do it. The dermatologist did it. Because <laughs> it's really swollen. So, I mean, it does. It looks like I have a black eye. And then I was outside. I was out taking something to the trash. And the neighbor was putting out his trash. And he, like, did a double take. I Like, I feel like I need a sign that says my husband did not hurt my eye. Or I did not get into a fight or whatever. People are assuming, but. Yeah, so this is your friendly reminder to wear sunscreen and to go to the dermatologist once a year for your all-over skin check. Boom. It's a nasty business. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's. My dermatologist, she's amazing, though, and I told her, I was like, you have this calming presence about you. Like, I've been so anxious about this, and I get in here, and just, like, the way she talks to me and explains things, and she's just, like, she's so amazing. So hopefully in a week I'll have the results and we'll know. <sighs> we'll know what's up. So 
That's my sec. Um, let me look at some just if I have any housekeeping things before we start. Nope, I don't have anything. Do you have anything? Lacey? No, I don't have anything. Alright. So this week was my pick. And we read Interview with the Vampire by Anne Rice, which mm-hmm. is I think like the vampire books that kind of without this book, I don't think the other books like Twilight and Vampire No. I don't think any of that would have been as like popular. Um this book came out in like I think in like seventy two or seventy three. Copyright 1976 76. by Anne Rice. Okay. So I don't know. That's incredible. Are there any vampire books? Like I should have. We should have researched this. <laughs> I don't think there are any. I mean, you have variations. You've got, right. you know, you've got your Dracula. You've got that's what, true. New Age yeah. Abraham Lincoln fights vampires. You know, you've got all kinds of stuff now. Yeah. But I think this is the one that really made it like mainstream. I guess Dracula was probably... When did Dracula come out, Steve? A super long time ago. Like yeah. the 1800s or something, right? It was, it's been a while, yeah. But is Dracula from Dracula's point of view? Or is it from... Yeah, I think it is, because I've seen the movie. Oh, wow. 1897 is when Dracula came out. But, I mean, between 1897 and 1977, what other vampire books were there? I'm sure there have been some if we look. Or, like, a mention of a vampire in a book, but, like, not where the vampire is, like... Being interviewed? Yeah, like, the purpose of the the narrator of the book, if you will, so... I mean, it's definitely a twist for the time, you know? Yeah, I think so, and I would like to know, like, what made Anne Rice sit down one day and was like, you know what, I'm gonna write a book about a vampire. Getting interviewed. Right, like... (laughs) I was like, what was she doing? What was up with that? That'd be, that would be good to know. So we read Interview with the Vampire, and overall, what did you think, Lacey? I mean, eh? <laughs> <laughs> did you finish it? I mean, no, I did. I did finish it. No, I okay. did. I did. I did. Okay. But um, I felt like it was more along the lines that I should have, like, bought a copy and annotated it and, like, wrote, like, ha- character little bits on paper and like the whole high school nine yards thing because it's just so intricate it is um yes i will agree steve overall what did you think i liked it uh the intricacy i feel like was her trying to use older language Mm -hmm. to set the period and so it was kind. Of, it was a little bit harder to read. Like I found myself mm. looking up words sometimes. And uh, it wasn't references. as bad as I thought it was going to be, though. I thought it was no. going to be like, you know, like um, I don't even like Jane Austen or something. Like I'm like, oh god, like the language is a barrier and I can't get past it. But it wasn't like that at all. I bet Dracula is probably like that. Dracula is in probably yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, like Frankenstein. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, yes, I fucking hated that book in high school, Frankenstein. Ugh. Like, can't they just say what they mean? Damn. Um, overall, I liked it. It's, it, I, um, it's a book that I've had on my shelf for a very long time. I've always wanted to read it. You know, it's one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies, so it's always been on my radar. Just never got around to it. That's why I picked it. 
Um, it did not disappoint me, but there were many boring parts. Mm-hmm. Louis is a talker. He is a borer. Ugh. I mean, he's been alive like hundreds of years, so he's got a lot of shit to say, and he's trying to like word vomit. And the way he says it. Yeah, he's... But you also... At the point that he's telling the story, he's reached a point in his life where he's indifferent to, like, everything. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why he's just like, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, let me pull up the, the questions here. So these are a mix of Oprah's book club questions and our own. So, Lacey, you'll go first. What was your favorite part of the book? Or do we need to give a synopsis or does everyone, like, know what it's about? I mean, there's not really a synopsis to give, but we can follow the point of view of Louis. Yeah. Owned a plantation late 1700s, and then he runs into this vampire Lestat, and his whole life changes. And he's telling this story to, in the book, he just calls him a boy that he met at a bar. But in the movie, he's a reporter, and he's telling his story so he can, like, report on it. So... I don't know if that comes out in a future book or something, or that was just for the movie. I don't know. It was probably just for the movie. But while I'm reading this, I'm like, I need to know, like, why he's telling him this. We'll get to that. That's a question. Okay, so what was your favorite part of the book? I'm going to say that my favorite part was that Louis and Lestat were just such opposites of each other. Yeah, but they also still had a tether to each other. Yeah. So kind of like a yin and yang. Like each were evil and good, but they had their opposite little spots inside themselves that connected them. It's it's really weird. And you're just like, why can't Louis, like, kick his ass to the curb? So let me ask you this, because... I read somewhere, I don't know how true this is, and I can't remember where I read it, but Anne Rice used to write, like, religious stuff and then switch to this, like, gothic books. And she got, like, a lot of shit for that. And apparently there's, like, a lot of biblical references woven throughout this book, which I don't get because I'm a heathen and I've never read the Bible. But you just said that they're opposite, like, yin and yang. So do you think they're supposed to be, like, Cain and Abel or something? Yeah, definitely. They're definitely supposed to be a representation of, like, an angel versus demon or some situation like that. Because Cain and Abel are the one, like, doesn't one of them kill the other one or something in the Bible? Yeah. Yeah, and they're brothers. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly how close it is to to that. It's like a, like a, like the uh, classic battle of good and evil. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve, what was your favorite part of the book? So, I mean, I can just pick, like, anything. So, what we anything. usually do in this part is we try not to pick something from the end. Or if it is something from the end, you'll Don't just spoil it. say it later. Yeah. Because yeah. we try to, like, give mm. the listeners, like, a timeline of the book while we answer our questions. Okay. Well, my favorite <laughs> part of the book was very close to the end. So, so we'll come back to you. Yeah. I guess I'll say, you know... It's alive? Is that one of my <laughs> There's a... Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay, so... Oh. Rusty wants to say his favorite part of the book. Um, My favorite part of the book was... Well, yes, some parts were boring. Anne Rice really has a way of, like, explaining, describing the scene. 
So she's writing about like the 1700s, right? It starts out in the 1700s. She's talking about what things look like, what people are wearing. She's talking about the French Revolution, which was happening during that time. She's just bringing like all of these different elements. I mean, this story starts in the 1790s, but it ends in like modern day, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like mm-hmm. a lot of time to cover. And, that, and they also go a lot of places, like not just it starts in New Orleans, but then it ends up in, in Paris and they go through Europe and Egypt. So, I mean, she's got a lot of ground to cover. And I think that was really cool. It's me to read. Um, next question. Lacey, what was your least favorite part of the book? Claudia's age. Ugh. I'm going to so, have to agree with you. That's my least favorite yeah. as well. So like Problematic. Movie, wasn't she older? She was like 8 yeah. or 10. So she was it like wasn't, 12 in the movie, I think. Yeah, so it wasn't like as creepy as thinking this child's 5 in the book. I know. So when it first started happening, and like he's... So Louie is out one night and hears this child crying and her mother's dead because there's like a plague going on in New Orleans right now. And so he like starts drinking this kid's blood. I had no idea that it was Claudia. And then Lestat goes back later and see, they see her. They're like, um, they have like a bunch of patients that they're moving and she's like almost, cause he pretty much almost drained her. And, um, so he takes her and starts to like make her a vampire. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is Claudia. She's only five. Gross. That was nasty. Um, it was. So Steve's mom has a vast knowledge of Anne Rice, apparently, that she told him <laughs> dinner the other night. Um, so apparently before she wrote this book, her daughter had died at a, oh. at a young age, like five I or something. Can, okay, makes sense. And so apparently this is like her, like the personification of her daughter. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a very weird, um. Like wanting to keep her alive at that age. Yeah. Never preserve her. Yeah, I get it. Yes. So maybe that was like the way she handled her grief and got over it. At the same time, I'm like, after I read the book, that story kind of disturbed me more because I'm like, "Mm, yeah. Maybe that's not exactly how she felt because like there's just weird imagery in the book of him like, Caressing her and yes, kissing her. Yeah. Not like and the way they talk like to full each on, other. Like on the mouth or yeah, whatever. They call but each other yeah. Lover and married the and the use of the word lover was creepy, rampant. Creepy, creepy. And, and there's no like it it's very sensual, but no like outright like sexual actions yeah. in the book. Yeah. The way that she kind of addresses that is she talks about how basically Something that's even more uh personal to vampires, even beyond humans, is joining in like a kill together that's to where it's intimacy. it's like the most intimate thing that they could do. Yeah. So, I don't know if they're incapable of sex or that's just like not. Yeah, they on do their radar, not have sex, but in they this just book. don't. Nobody. It's no Twilight. There's no. <laughs> they don't. Have, to be fair, they don't have a lot of sex in Twilight. Yeah. No, no it's the Stackhouse. They be booking man. <laughs> it does like, the line of taboo though definitely. it does tell the line of uh, taboo but it's like if you're going to live forever and you're not having sex like what is the fuck what are you doing, doing? Yeah. lame and they can't eat food and they can't yeah. eat food Um. so if you've never read the book talking to you William because I don't think you've read this one 
he likes he said that he likes when we give like a detailed like explanation of what happens through the book so he can like understand yeah yeah so it starts out with louis talking to this boy he just refers to him as boy that's the whole book boy 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 and he's telling him the story so louis and it starts when he's a human so he um owns an indigo farm in louisiana a very successful indigo farm because he's wealthy and it appears that his like father has died because his mother and sister are still there and he and brother oh and you're, you're right and his brother and his brother was like studying to be a priest or something and then like went crazy i forgot how he died he stumbled he got into a fight with louis because he mm. told louis in like a mm-hmm. delirious maddened state that louis needed to sell the property and mm-hmm. all of their holdings in New Orleans, uh, so that they could he could go start yes. like a it was like yes. a to start like a monastery somewhere or something. And then like fell down the stairs or something, right? So he was I think it was to go back to France because I think he said that yes. the French were were losing their way or something with with religion. With, yes. And this was also during the, the revolution, revolution, I believe, yes. when this was happening. And Louis is basically like, uh, no, you're crazy. I'm not selling all of our stuff here. Like, we have to take care of your sister and our mom. And, like, this is just, like, crazy talk. You're you're delusional. And he kind of stumbles over to it. It doesn't, it doesn't really describe re- it yeah, super well. It, doesn't. it kind of seems like there's, like, a, a place with next to, you know, next to a ledge that yeah. he just kind of topples yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Um but I think somebody there sees that he just did it himself. I don't think Louis was the only one that was a witness to his death, but he does it pretty much immediately after Louis tells him, no, we're not doing that. And there's like tons of rumors that Louis pushed him mm-hmm. or something really horrible happened because his brother was, was in like a delusional state and he was like, well, yeah, wasn't he in such so, a fanatical state that he yes. wasn't even eating either? Yes. Because, um, in fact, I think the priest later comes to Louis and was like, yo, the devil had your brother. That's what all that talk was. He was, like, having visions. He wasn't eating. Like, he was doing some wild shit. Like, some hardcore shit. Um, so, yeah. And then Louie is just, you know, like, trucking along, being an indigo farmer or whatever. And then... Oh, no. He took it extremely hard. The brother's death? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was self-medicating with alcohol. Oh, and I don't he know. was going to... He was basically, yeah. like, treating his life very... Flippantly, and he was going around to seedy bars and getting drunk mm-hmm. and like, yeah. passing out on the bar. And he was basically just inviting something bad to happen to him because he felt so guilty about what happened with his brother and that. And he did. Obviously, and anybody so would feel like that. Lestat, the ultimate toxic boyfriend. <laughs> Lestat basically just wants this successful farm and how and and farmhouse. Well, it's not a farm. Mm-hmm. It's like a huge mansion. It's a plantation. Um, it's a plantation home, or I don't know what you call that. Um, so Lestat's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill, kill this dude." But he turns him. I don't remember why he decides to turn him versus kill him. Because he wants all of that money. So, oh, so Louis, is, Louis' family is so rich. Mm-hmm. He basically gets turned into Lestat's vampire slave yeah. because Lestat wants to take, take advantage of all of that money that mm-hmm. Louis' family is good for. Uh, and which, they continue living with his mother and sister and hide the fact that they're vampires. And Lestat's blind father is also brought 
I think actually Louis sends his mom and sister to New Orleans, like in a townhouse. Cause he's like, well, she needs to find like a husband anyway. So we'll just like put them in the city and then they won't like worry about what's going on here. And then they bring Lestat's blind father there with them. And they're like, Lestat's like, he's blind. Like he doesn't know. So they like act like they're eating and shit at dinner, just like moving their silverware on their plates and shit. But really they're like drinking blood out of wine glasses. Cause Lestat, if anything, baby, he is fancy. Okay. He likes the finer things in life, much Definitely. like myself. So he will only be drinking that blood out of straight crystal. I should have said that that really should have been Cameron's favorite part of the book. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually wrote that in my notes, is how much money everybody in this book spends. Oh, They boy, have yeah. money. Mm-hmm. They are spending Ooh. it. And uh, you find out later that uh, Claudia inherits that trait. Yes. She, she's very similar to Louis in most ways. But she definitely got Lestat's. Uh, <laughs> she inherited in her rage. Yeah. It, yeah, and his rage. Because they do both kind of call her their child. Um, so, yeah, she definitely takes after Daddy Lestat on that side. So Lestat and Louie are, like, living at the a plantation. And then there is talk of the slaves revolting. Yeah, they kind of start to notice that yeah. they're not eating, that mm-hmm. other workers are disappearing, and they don't have a reason why. And Lestat's dad is ill. He's been ill for a while, but Lestat's like, hey, I think he's finally going to kick it. Like, this is our, like, we got to get out of here. The slaves are going to revolt. We got to go. Um, so he's like, Louie, you're just going to have to kill him. And he's like, no, you do it. He's like, I can't do it. You got to do it. So there's like four pages where they're like arguing over who's going to do it. Uh, I think Louie does do it. And then they are like running, they run to the neighboring farm, which Louie has like, he knows these people. He's been watching the sisters for a while, specifically one that kind of strikes his fancy. And he goes to her for help because they eat, you know, the sun's coming up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So there we'll ask Steve's least favorite part of the book because we never let you answer that part. My least favorite part of the book was. Probably the the uh, esoteric language, like where you would just talk about, you would read words on them. I had to look up so many words, and then she would use them over and over again. Yeah. Uh, like evanescent was a word that she used a lot. Uh, preternatural, which basically just means supernatural. After I looked it up, that preternatural. I'm like, why do you gotta use this weird word? Why can't you just say supernatural? <laughs> like, is it bothering you to just be like? To like be normal, uh, I don't know. I guess I, it's like she was like looking at a thesaurus the whole time she was writing it and just picking big words. Well, like, people back in the seventies are much smarter than and better educated than people are now. Like, look at the curriculum of of like elementary, middle, high school back then, and then look at the mm-hmm. curriculum today. And it's no wonder why we got to look up all these damn words. Like Not what, to mention some of these like classic bestsellers. Yeah. Like always use these huge words. Yeah. One thing that always reminds me of the difference in like education of time is um the show Stranger Things. Because these kids are talking about like science things and they're supposed to be in like middle school and I'm like, yo, I didn't even learn that shit in college. Like <laughs> what the fuck were they teaching these kids and why aren't it's we just what them? now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oof. Okay. So after um they flee 
the the burning plantation. They go to New Orleans. And Louis kind of got money like everywhere, like kind of stockpiled. He's bought properties. He set up businesses. So basically he can like always have a cash flow. Look, he was smart. Okay. He, he was had a way really to get away from what's super and uh, so they have a place to go once they, they just had to like get to New Orleans because the sun was coming up. So they basically go start their life in New Orleans and um, Louis just can't leave Lestat. He's, he kind of feels like he's this creature. There's not any other like them. He needs to stay with him. So he like kind of for protection, kind of companionship kind of thing. Um. Also, his biggest reason for staying with Lestat is that Lestat told him there are all of these things about vampires that you don't mm-hmm. know and I mm-hmm. know and only I can tell you. Mm-hmm. If you try to do something to me or you leave me, you're not going to know about these really important vampire facts mm-hmm. and it may come back to bite you really bad someday. So Old you're toxic you have to keep me around. Exactly. Typical toxic boyfriend behavior. So it's kind of coming to a head and Louis like, listen, I don't care what you have to tell me about being a vampire. Like, I'm sick of this. I don't want to mm-hmm. be around you anymore. And then, like, probably when he's almost at his wit's end comes Claudia, which basically Louis feels like he needs to protect her, raise her. He finds, like, a companion in her because while she may look five, you know, after like 60 years of her being a vampire, he's like the mind that's inside of her is a woman, but she is stuck in like a five-year-old body. And that kind of makes it a little less creepy, but it's still but like it's still icky. Creepy. Like it's just, Oh yeah. It's definitely, yeah. Like I try to like parse it in my head and I'm like, well, if he's really like a hundred when a lot of this <laughs> stuff's going on and I'm just like, which science wise, um, she would still have the brain of a five-year-old. So, I think that vampire intelligence is unquantifiable and that oh, okay. we just have to take oh, okay. Anne Rice's word for it that she has a, <laughs> like, she's grown, <laughs> grown yeah. brain. Like all the life forces they take from drinking blood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, Lacey, was it a fast or slow read and what? Oh, it was slow. It was slow. <laughs> like Steve mentioned, it was the words. And then it was the setup. Like, there was no really good place to take a break because it was only broken down into what was it four parts yes yeah why was there no chapters yeah that's gonna be crazy yeah and then when it suddenly flips like when the interview stops yeah all of a sudden because the boy has a question or he's hesitant you're like wait 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 what happened yes Yes. Um, like i couldn't get a space and rice just one space to show me that i'm in current time again so basically if you've never read this book it is one long, long piece of dialogue. It is all Louis telling him this story. And so at, and at most times you get caught up in the story that he's telling. So you're not like, okay, this is dialogue. But then like Lacey said, it'll like break up. And then you're like, wait a minute, is he talking to the boy or is he talking in the story to some like, cause there's quotation marks around everything basically. So that can be a little confusing cause it's not really broken up. Yeah. yeah sometimes. Yeah, real It would mix me up and I would forget who is the one mm-hmm. talking. Yes. And I'd have to go back and be like, wait, is Louis saying this or is he saying someone else is saying this? Mm-hmm. Especially later on when there's lots of more, there's a mm-hmm. bunch more male uh, characters that are talking. I don't want to get too deep into that, but yeah, but um, yeah, that threw me off. And then 
it, it was funny too because I felt like the last 150 pages or so, uh, they didn't talk about the interview and the boy no, they very didn't. much at all. And it's yeah. funny that you said that that was what made it hard to read is because I felt like the last 150 pages I blew through. Yeah. And the yeah. first 200 were a lot, took a lot longer. Maybe it's because mm-hmm. it was kind of going back and forth with that, with the time shifting with the, with the interview. Steve, was it a fast or slow read and why? I would say a slow read, but I don't have a lot to compare it to because I don't read a lot. <laughs> but I could tell that it was hard for me to get through the first half. But after I got through that, I was I picked up speed pretty good. It was a slow read, um, but I forced myself to read it in like two days. So I guess you could say it was really fast. <laughs> <laughs> because I took too long reading that other book that Steve I'm surprised you made it. Uh, I'm listen, you and me both, sister. You and me both. Um, next question: Which event scene or character has stuck with you the most, Lacey? Uh, I mean, we've already talked about him a little, but it's Louis's brother, Paul. Mm. So, like, if Louis would have just listened to him, he never would have met Lestat. Okay, that's a good point because we're like his visions, like a premonition of what was right. to come. Like, that's right. like was point. he really crazy or was he just like seeing everything that was going to happen to Louis and all the carnage? Wow. Wow. Yeah, you just blew Steve's mind with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, same question. Uh, so, it was, who's my favorite character? Event, scene, or character Event, that has stuck with you? Uh, I would say the scene that stuck with me the most was at the end in the theater day vampires. Okay, so we'll come back to that. So we'll come back to it. (laughs) Almost Um, there. Event scene or character? Well, one character is Claudia, and we have started referring to Jackson as Claudia (laughs) because much like her, he is an old man stuck in a little man's body. Very true. And he rules this house like a tyrant. And she is like a little diva. That is crazy. She's a bad girl. They're like, she is just like, she killed another servant, damn it. Uh, they just like find bodies and shit. She's uncontrollable. Listen. Like, this, I'd have thrown her to the wind a long time ago. <laughs> this book is probably why other vampire books have that rule that you can't turn a kid into a vampire. <laughs> Where were the Volturi while Claudia was out here tearing up the town? Right. I said no, Claudia. No. Exactly. Where were they? Um, they were in Paris. She, no, the Victoria in Italy, sweetheart. Oh, They're I'm just saying in this book. I, I do. Yes, I would agree about that comparison. I kind of wonder. Well, we'll get to it. Um, uh, Claudia also obviously looked at because I love a good villain and he was a good one. Um, I would. I am kind of worried. Because seeing Lestat as a father, essentially, to Claudia, kind of makes me wonder if that's how I'm going to parent. <laughs> Where he's just basically Excuse like me? laissez-faire about like, oh, deal with her, deal with her. Take him, Louie. <laughs> deal with him, Louie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I might definitely be the Lestat parent. Um, I also kind of wonder if Lestat made Claudia like solely just to torture Louie. Well, it was a last-ditch effort, because he knew that he was done. Because it was, like, his first human kill, right? Or the first time he kind of, like, lost control. Because he was eating animals yeah. up until that point. Yes. Yeah. 
So he wanted to remind, I think he wanted Louie to look at this girl every day and be like, yo, this is the human that you killed, this little bitty girl. And look, you can never leave me now because it's our daughter. You yes. have to take care of her because look at me, I'm with stat. I can't take care of this kid. <laughs> so you're going to have to take care of him. Yep. Um, I also thought it was really cool how when they kill someone and they're drinking their blood, they kind of get like all of this person's like experiences and like life force and they get like they can feel their heartbeat. And I think that was like a really cool way to describe that because I don't I've never seen that in like other vampire books or read that or experienced that. Um, maybe Twilight touches on it a little bit when Edward's like telling Bella what it's like with the animals or like taste or things like that, but nothing like this book describes it. Wasn't it like the Volturi or somebody that could taste their blood and know if they were lying or not or something like that? Or maybe it was something completely different. Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't know. I don't remember. It might've been a different book. I don't know. I've seen <laughs> something sort of similar, but not like completely similar. Um, what did you think of the writing? You touched on that. <laughs> Any Why are you so hard, Anne Rice? <laughs> Any standout sentences or vocabulary? It was good writing. It flowed really well, but like Steve said, um, you you do have to kind of look up some stuff. Like, what was Definitely the? Have to look up. What did she keep calling the piano? And I was like, what is this? A spinet piano. Yeah, I was like, what the spinet? And he's like, a piano. And he said it like I'm the most uncultured person ever. <laughs> So one word in particular that stuck out to me was a little bit later or maybe about halfway through the book. I can't remember who uh, it was referring to, but it referred to somebody's florid buttocks. (laughs) And I was like, what the hell does that mean? Uh... Florid means uh red or flushed complexion so basically it means that like that buttocks had gotten spanked or something. yeah it, it <laughs> been spanked. the florid buttocks uh, bad. crazy um next question would you want to read another book by this author or since this is a series lazy do you want to continue into the series i mean i feel like i have to because i'm waiting to get to queen of the damned because if the movie was that good i mean interview with a vampire was pretty much spot on to the book did you watch the movie yeah i've watched yeah i've watched both of them no but have you watched it lately yeah i've watched all of them lately yeah oh shit okay we were gonna watch it tonight after we finished because i was (laughs) it's really close it's been a while since i've seen the movie so like some things i was like yeah yeah that's, that's pretty good but some things i'm like i don't remember if that was in the movie that's okay, really cool. good to know. Um, yeah, I also want to continue because I feel like there's a lot of loose ends in this book. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to know if she's going to wrap them up in future books. And also, I want to know why Lestat is the bitch boy way he is. So the right. next book is called The Vampire Lestat. So I must be <laughs> all about where he came from. Steve, would you want to read another book by Anne Rice? Yeah, I'll read the sequel. Just because I read this one, so might as well oh, try to it out. The sequel? <laughs> two, two books this Isn't decade. there like ten books in this <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Is there that many? Yeah, yeah but I don't think they're all about Lily or Lestat. I think they're No, they're not. It's different. not all the same people, but it's all like kind of entwined. So after they're in New Orleans for a while, um, like a long while, 
Claudia and Lou, Claudia is really spearheading this. And she's like, we've got to get away from Lestat. Like he is bad news. He is draining us. We need to be free. Um, let's just fucking kill him. And so this little girl, this little woman, she gets these two little boys and like drugs them with absinthe. And she's like, look, Lestat, I brought you a present. Don't you want to share them with me? And like, Apparently, absinthe makes vampires, like, really sick and die. So they, like, wrap up his body and throw him in the swamp. And they're like, yay! Oh, did she stab him? Oh, yeah. What did she stab him with? Uh, Like a knife? After he... Drank. Yeah. Okay. Because he was all jacked up on absinthe. So then they, like, blood. throw him in the swamp and they're like, yay! That was that was easy. And me and Steve were like, uh, bitch. And she's Too easy. All these books. <laughs> So you're not you're telling me these books didn't say, hey, you gotta like light them on fire or chop off their head or like stake in the heart, stake in the heart, like something like that. Nope. So of course, Lestat is not dead, and their dumbasses stay in New Orleans. And then guess who comes back? Lestat. <laughs> but they had they had already made plans to leave. They were about to board a ship because Claudia was like, we should go to Europe because all my books say like. This is where vampires started, and we would get answers to all of our questions about, like, why we are the way we are. So they were already planning to leave, but Lestat shows up, like, at the last hour, and they were, like, fighting, and they basically just, like, torch the townhouse, and Louis and Claudia run for the ship, and they make it, and they're like, okay, well, Lestat's got to be dead now, because he was burning in that house. So they go to Europe, and they go to several places in Europe, and the they're finding the vampires there are, like, barbaric. They're like animals. They are They're like zombie vampires. They are zombies, exactly. In fact, once they get to Paris and they meet some civilized vampires, he calls those vampires revenants, which is like French for to rise again, which is basically like a zombie. But anyways, let's cut to the Paris vampire. So he meets Armand, who in the movie is played by Antonio Banderas. Mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm. important to point out. And Armand and Louis are like it is love at first sight. Although the book never never really says that directly. I mean, it, I mean, you can you can tell. That's what indirectly they are Armand tells Louis, "I would do anything for you." Like their their attraction is there and it's very obvious. Was it obvious? I felt yeah. like the book sort of insinuated that Louis was enthralled yes. by Armand. Yes. Almost like in a way that you know you hear about vampires have this innate charming ability, oh, and Armand is one of the oldest vampires or yes. the oldest vampire he says uh, in the world. He also has powers, like he can get into your mind and like tell you things and like make you do things and make you and want to do things. And the other vamp, like they don't really have gifts like that. So I think that's why Louis is like, and he's so different from Lestat. Like he's like a leader and he shares his knowledge to where Lestat would always withhold things. So I think that's another reason why he's, why he's so attracted to him and poor Claudia. She can like see this coming from a mile away. And she's like, you want to leave me to be with him? And he's like, no, I don't want to leave you. She's like, I know, I know that you do. So she decides she's going to find, like, because she's five, right? So she can't mm-hmm. just go on her own because people are going to be like, yo, what the fuck's up with this five-year-old, like, demon-looking kid? So she's like, i got to have an adult with me because that's their cover is, like, Louie and Claudia were father and daughter traveling Europe. So she's like, I need another adult. So she finds this woman whose daughter has died, which I also wonder if that was Anne Rice 
dealing with her grief. I've yeah, I definitely when I thought of the dollhouse owner that yeah, connected doll, with her, yeah, whose daughter had passed away, doll. I definitely got Anne Rice vibes mm-hmm. from what you know my mom. Our mom, our mom yeah, she asked Louie to change her, and changing someone was something Louie said that he would absolutely never do. So there is like ten pages of him describing how this is the last of his humanity is changing this woman for Claudia, but he's doing it because he does love Claudia, but he's really doing it because he wants to be with Armand and he he feels like he needs to take care of Claudia and he needs to leave her in a good place. So, um, well, it's partly his fault it is absolutely that she's an immortal child. And that is a thing that well, they go back at like Claudia will go off on them. And she's like, y'all couldn't wait like fucking 10 years to turn me. So I could look like a fucking woman. Like, she brings that up so many times, how angry she is that she is a child and she can't, like, lead a normal vampire life. Like, totally. And she, yeah, she definitely resents Louis for it. And I feel like that is a big element of uh, the schism between them when they get to Paris and he sort of becomes charmed by Armand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back to the charming thing, I do think that... Uh, it seems like the regular vampires have that sort of charming ability over humans. It's just that Armand is so powerful, he can e- is even more capable of doing it to where he could even charm. Well, if you his remember, it said Claudia did it. That's how she would get her victims. She would lure them in because she's such a cute little child. Well, and and Lestat was a was a playboy rich. Yeah. Version of that. It, remember the women that he brought back. Yeah, he and, would always bring back. Um, they usually hoes, but... They call... Yeah. Don't call <laughs> them. The in the books. They are sex workers. That is what we call them now. They are um, ladies of the night. Ladies of the night. My bad, yo. Yes, he did often uh, bring back women that were sex workers, and that is what he would feast... There is a, a scene where he has, like, two of them. Um, so, yeah, I can see that. Maybe they all are kind of charmers. So, next question... We'll start with Lacey. Did reading the book impact your mood in any way? I mean, it was definitely creepy. <laughs> it was a good... But it was it was good to read something that was, like, not so obviously creepy. It was just, yeah. like, background things that made it creepy. And you're like, oh, really? Or is it this way? Or is it this way? Because, like, what if it wasn't, like, Louis was enthralled with Armand? What if it was, like, Armand had that power over Louis because he saw Louis and was like, damn, I want this boy. Ooh. Good point, good point. Will we ever know? Well... Was your mood affected by the book? Yeah, I I would say that I like the gothic vibe. I feel like it made me feel more in Bram Stoker's vampire type of universe as opposed to, like, Twilight or, yeah. like, more, yeah. more contemporary vampire stories. Yeah. Which, I mean, I like, they're both nice in different ways but i i don't know i just liked how it was kind of like the more old school vampire vibe yeah more morbid yeah yeah i like the vibe the gothic vibes um i've been to new orleans so it was cool to like read about a place that i've been to because i i can like really picture it in my mind i've also been to the plantation that the movie was filmed at i've only said this like 800 times but it was really cool to kind of know like, <laughs> what that looks like because i do believe that um anne rice was involved with the film so i think 
you know, she was like there. In fact, she was very upset when Tom Cruise was cast. But then when she saw him in a few scenes, she was like, okay, yeah, he's good. Like at first she was pretty pissed about it. And then they were like, no, 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 no. We, like he's going to do great. He's going to do great. So, of course she would know that trivia about Tom Cruise. <laughs> what did you say, Lacey? <laughs> if she just been able to see the Oprah interview first. <laughs> like, she didn't know. <laughs> so fun fact, um, Steve's never seen the movie. And when he started reading, he thought Tom Cruise played Louie and Brad Pitt played Lestat. And I was like, baby, Brad Pitt could never. I did, th- could. I did find it odd. But I, I just assumed because Lestat is blonde. And Louis is described as more French, uh, dark-haired, brunette. Hair, brunette. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just made that assumption. I, I I didn't really base it on their acting skills or, or temperament or personality. But, yeah, definitely uh, Tom Cruise has that hysterical crazy mm-hmm. behind the eyes that uh, like <laughs> that would yeah. have. Yes, Whereas yeah. Louis is a more Tom, soulful, yes, intelligent yes. Uh, like Brad Pitt. Temperament. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Cruise can play a good villain. Have you not seen a... Tropic Thunder? I've seen it. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Collateral with Jamie Foxx. I have seen Collateral, yeah. and that is a good movie. Next question, Lacey. What surprised you most about the book? The fact that he fucking Lestat comes back so many times. Yes! Okay. Like, just uh, when you think he's dead again. Boom. Nope. I'm back, like baby. Um, <laughs> when they get to Paris, they meet Armand. Armand has this whole group of vampires that they're living. They put, they're in a theater company and they're putting on a show every night to like humans. And I'm like, so do these humans, cause they call, it's called the vampire theater something. And I'm like, I hated that. So do they know that they're yeah. vampires? I felt or... that that was so hunky. Yeah. It really felt yeah. like they were jumping the shark. Yeah. <laughs> of being a vampire. but it was kind of it was humorous as well and it's like so bold to do it right underneath society's nose like that that it's kind of awesome but at the same time it felt they're just like oh it's a play about vampires but oh no yeah like they actually bring a woman on stage yeah so they get there and um i don't know what you want to call santiago armand's like second in command or just someone that's there. Santiago knows something's up with Louis and Claudia from the get go. He's like, what are you doing here? Where are you? He's from? Like, I think they killed their Who's maker. Your maker. And they're like, and Louis's like, I don't want to talk about that. He's like, why don't you want to talk about it? And so Armand is like, you know, Santiago's very suspicious because you won't answer these questions. Um, I don't really care, but like, that's why they're kind of wary of you guys. And then apparently in a moment, Louis says Lestat's name like under his breath. And Santiago's like, what? What was that name? What was that name that you said? And that was a big tip off for me. I'm like, yo, he knows this motherfucker. Because we don't know where Lestat came from. Like, we still don't know even after the book ends. Which made me think, okay, Lestat, if he was in New Orleans, he's also probably French. Probably from France. And probably knows these motherfuckers because Armand's like one of the oldest vampires around. So he probably knows them. And then um, one night, Louis and Claudia, they get taken from their room after they've turned the woman, like Claudia's new mom. What was her name? Madeline? Yeah. You get taken to the theater, and guess who's standing there? Lestat. And you're like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. And he wants Claudia because he's like, she tried to kill me. And when they first got to Paris, Armand's little group told them, like, the most 
the biggest, like their only rule is you can't kill other vampires. And Santiago has suspected that Louie and Claudia have, and that's why he has it out for them. So then once Lestat get there, gets there and he's like, yo, they tried to kill me. Santiago's like, all right, baby, it's on. We're getting these fools. But to be honest, like, they weren't even a part of this community when they killed Lestat or tried to kill Lestat, so why should it matter? Right, like, and Louis even says that. He's like, we weren't aware of these laws. Like, we were just trying to, like, save ourselves. Um, but no, they kill Claudia and Madeline. They leave them out in the sun sunlight, and they burn. So what does Louis do? He goes Liam Neeson, taken, revenge style. And he, so this is the... Well, it's important to point out that the entire time, Armand, who is Louis's little paramour, mm-hmm. uh, is saying that he had nothing to do with mm-hmm. it, that mm-hmm. he wasn't there, mm-hmm. that it was Santiago and Celeste mm. and the other vampires. And they broke in and basically kidnapped Louis and Madeline and uh, Claudia. Claudia and they buried Louis alive inside a coffin mm-hmm. inside brick and mortar that they paved over the coffin. Um, but then Armand breaks him out and he's like, Hey, I came to get you. We got to go right now. And Louis's like, no, we got to go get Claudia. And he's like, I can't like, we don't have time, but Louis of course goes. And that's when he finds their burnt bodies. So he kept, so basically he keeps saying like Armand's in charge here, but Armand's like, yo, I'm not in charge. Like you think I'm in charge. Like, I may be like the head of this group, but they're kind of, we're kind of like we're our own individual people. So that's kind of the way Armand was like, yo, I wasn't really involved with what happened. But like I saved you or whatever. But he was involved. But at the mm. end, after Louis and Armand have this beautiful like 500 year romance, they're in New Orleans in the 90s. And Armand's like, yeah, I really did do that. That was my biggest my surprise. Bet. Okay, so that was your... Yeah. Um, is that the, what was the question that we skipped for you? There was two. Uh, the, my favorite scene, favorite scene. was yeah. Santiago getting his head cut oh, off. Oh yeah. That oh was yeah. Awesome. And then the, the scene that stuck with you the most, you said happened at the end. Uh, that was probably the, scene. the scene where you, uh, yeah, his, his rampage throughout gotcha. the theater of vampires where he burns the whole thing. He's like Mel Gibson in the Patriot going after all these fuckers. It's tight. No, he's like John Wick. <laughs> yeah, he is like yeah. John Wick. Yeah. My puppy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what surprised you most is that Armand had something to do with it. That he said that he's the one that did it. Yeah. That he basically, this Pushed is all out. him the entire time. I guess that in a combination of Louis just having no reaction. Yeah. And I he feel is like. He's so indifferent to everything at that point. He's just like, all right then. Well, it kind of talks about how basically that entire uh, scene of him losing Claudia and the whole revenge scene. Bas- I think that that basically killed the last of his humanity. Mm. And the crazy thing mm. is. Armand makes it seem like the only reason that he has interest in Louis is, is because, because he's uniquely yes. human. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so all these other vampires that he's been stuck with forever in Paris, they're all just like regular vampires. Yeah. They're, they don't have that, that, um, like how Louis spent all those years before they got Claudia in the group eating animals. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. not, and yeah. Armand says like over and all these this years, guilt. I thought that would come back. Like I, and, and then like the passion. So, he basically makes it to where um, once they're back in New Orleans, I mean, granted, they've been all over the world. Louis runs into Lestat again. 
So Armand has basically kind of orchestrated this because he wants that passion of Claudia's loss to come back. And he tells Louis, I was hoping that this would bring back all of those things that I loved about you. So when Louis runs into Lestat and he's just Lestat's like, oh, hey, Louis. And he's like, are you going to hurt me? And Louis's like, no, it's just whatever. Like, bye. And he's like, are you going to stay? He's like, no, I'm not staying later. <laughs> and the other weird thing about that scene was it insinuated a bit? Well, I'm pr- I guess it kind of just that was said it. losing his mind. Well, not only that, it was almost like a complete role reversal because in that scene that we were talking about earlier, when Louis was just a fledgling vampire, Louis was disgusted at the thought of eating people. Yes. And mm-hmm. Lestat just killed people indiscriminately. Mm-hmm. Even when he wasn't even super hungry, he would kill multiple people. And when that scene at the end where Louis actually finds Lestat once they're back in New Orleans at the cats. end of the book. He's eating cats. He's not eating people anymore. Okay, here's why I think they have that scene. Because I know the premise of Queen of the Damned. And in Queen of the Damned, Lestat has just awoken from sleeping for a very long time. And it's the future. It's the future. And he wakes up and then he like becomes a rock star in the future. So I think he takes a really long nap because he's like losing it. Because Louis even mentions um, his mind isn't able to like grasp time anymore. Because, like, a siren goes off, and he, like, can't handle the siren or whatever. So I think that that scene is, like, isn't that what happens in the movie Queen of the Damned, Lacey? He, like, wakes uh, up. It's a little different. Okay. So in the book, like, the synopsis says he's just awoken from sleeping for, like, a couple hundred years or something like that. Whoa. Yeah. So um, I almost forgot to go back to our questions here. Because if Lacey. I remember correctly, there was um, – in the movie he was a normal like rock star and he comes across um the queen of vampires she's the stone and she awakens because he awakens her oh okay did you answer what surprised you most about the book Mm, i don't think i did i don't think i did okay so what surprised me most was like the fact that this reporter sat here and listened to Louis' story. Right. And then at the end, he's like, will you turn me? And Louis' yes. like, nah. And then he's like, okay, fine. And then he goes and finds Lestat, and he's like, yo, Lestat. And then Louis' like, after this whole talk, like, this is what you get from this? You want me to turn you? <laughs> right. Like, you, you see this man's humanity fall right. to pieces because of what he, the monster he's become, and you want to become that monster? Right. And mean, it enrages Louis because yeah. he's like, dude, you just missed the complete yes. point. I've been talking to you for like 12 hours, however long they've been sitting there turning over like six cassette tapes to record. Yeah, he's like, you and don't. You just get completely it? missed the entire point of what I was just was yeah, trying to put down. Yeah, I think what surprised me most is that that dude never had to stop to pee or eat and could just listen to the story. Oh, not too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did your opinion of the book change when you reached the ending? Like, I, mean, I was mad about it. <laughs> Me too. What were you mad about? I was mad about it. <laughs> because, like, this little boy is just sitting there like, oh, yeah, bro, that's cool. <laughs> oh, and now he's just like, hey, let's change me, man. Right. I want to hear your story so you can change. Yeah, because he, like, wakes up after he's been knocked out by Louie, and he rewinds the tape to where Louie said he had just recently found Lestat, and that he, like, writes that down to go to that place to find him. Mm-hmm. Like, really? You just heard about how horrible this person was. And you're and you find still him. want it. But, like, what makes you want it that bad? Right. I mean, it does sound like being a rock star, basically. I mean, you're just, you're super powerful. You do, what I want. you do whatever you want. 
You live forever. Drink blood. That's gross. Yeah. Is this book no. overrated or underrated? It's pretty highly rated. It's got four point zero one on Goodreads. I mean, it's it's on par. Yeah, I gave it four stars. Yeah, I agree. And how does the book's title work in relation to the book's contents? Um, it works. Yep, it works. Does it remind you of any other books, or is it an original idea? We touched on that. It's pretty original for its time. Okay, lingering questions or plot holes? A ton. Where did Lestat come from? Yeah, how did they know to get a hold of him? How did they know how to find him all the way across the ocean? Yeah, how did he wind up in Paris? How did he either show up and know they were in Paris? Or how did Santiago, assuming that he did, contact him and let him? Like, how did this happen? So we I had think to think of a time, too, but everything is text. Like, everything is text. And it's passed around because they don't have multiple presses and copies, you know? So it was kind of like a trade of books going around, circulating. So, so I feel like at one point later at the end, it says something about how Lestat had been turned in Paris. And when he went back to New Orleans after the whole uh, issue with the theater burning down, he went back to New Orleans with a couple of vampires that had been turned by with, the vampire yes, master yes. that had turned him. Yes. And so if so that is true... He knew Those vampires people. in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. And so oh, it's yeah. not inconceivable. And then one of the vampires, I don't remember if it was Santiago or another one, did overhear Louis uh, talking to himself about how he was, he mentioned Lestat by name and how he, he felt well, bad. Lestat showed something. up too. Yeah. Well, but this was that we're trying to figure out how they knew like, to get a hold of him. Yeah. How did across the sea in New Orleans and find them? Yeah, because oh, basically, such a small community. Whipping Lestat out was their trump the card to say, okay, we get to kill you now. You can't just shoot an email and be like, yo, your boy's here. Right. <laughs> we're talking this way. Or, I mean, can they? Across an ocean. I mean, can they? That's fair. Maybe there's someone that has that power. I don't know. That's the plot. Maybe there's some connection to, like, being turned by a certain maker. Maybe, like, if a certain maker turns you, you have certain powers. Because you got to remember, we're only book one in, too. There's still so many things we don't know. True. This series kind of makes vampires seem like the older they get, the more powers they have. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily so much um, what one has versus another, but it just seems like the older a vampire is, the more crap they can do. Mm -hmm. And so, and it... It makes a big point towards the end to explain that Louis was much more powerful mm -hmm. than he actually acted like earlier mm -hmm. in the book. And it kind of makes it seem like that was because he had this human guilt weighing over his mind that wouldn't let him express his full vampire potential. Because Armand makes him climb that tower yeah. towards the end. And Louis like, oh, I can't do that. It's impossible. And He's like, Armand's yes, like, you can. You could easily do this. Um and so then he's like, he's things. like, hey, the family in this house thinks I'm a ghost. So if they see you, just like play along with it. <laughs> <laughs> that part was so funny. <laughs> like, oh my god. So yeah, that's pretty much um, interview with the vampire. So apparently we all. What, how many stars did you give it, Lacey? Four. I'm probably only gonna give it three, just okay. because of the way like it was written. Like I felt like I had to read a part at a time, and it was really gotcha. Long. Gotcha. Well, that's Interview with the Vampire. We all enjoyed it. Um, the next pick is Lacey's pick. Lacey, what did you pick? Oh, where's the note? Where's my note? 
Okay, so if it cuts out on Skype, you'll have to tell me. <laughs> but you can't hear me anymore. Okay. And I have to open another, another window. Okay. So, you can still hear me? Yep. Okay, so it's The Bone Orchard by Sarah A. Muller. Mueller? Yep, and it just came out today. So yes. Available in hardback or ebook. I think I'm going to do the ebook. Me too. I don't know. It's a really pretty cover. It is a a very pretty cover, and it has a really cool premise, so we'll read that in two weeks. We'll talk about it. Um, You can always send us your pictures, thoughts, or questions. Suggestions to bookworms1podcast at gmail.com. Or on Instagram at twobookworms1podcast. And is there anything else we need to talk about? No. Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming. Get your own mic next time. Rude. You can come on anytime you want. Just get your own mic. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to read that next book. Then. It's okay. Mm. It's not a Sounds Steve okay. kind of book. So. You can come back when we read the second one in Anne Rice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when we read the vampire list stat, you can come back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Bye. Little, say bye. Yeah.